In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. In the epistle of this Sunday's Holy Mass, the reading is very appropriate and apt to teach us a lesson in spiritual combat and the nature of that combat. St. Paul says, If your enemy is hungry, give him to eat, and if he thirst, give him drink. In so doing, you shall heap flaming coals upon his head. This must be rightly understood, because St. Paul proceeds to tell us, Be not overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. So, in doing good to our enemies, in loving our enemies, we learn that we will heap ardent coals upon their head. St. Augustine and St. Jerome tell us that these coals should not be understood as heaping eternal fire of hell upon our enemies, because certainly if our enemies do not convert, our good deeds done to them will be to their greater detriment. That should not be our objective, to make them suffer more in hell. But rather, heaping ardent coals upon their head should be understood as the fire of charity that we will be communicating to them by showing them, by communicating to them the charity with which Christ himself loves us and which we desire to communicate to them in order that we may overcome our enemies by transforming them into our friends through charity. In this life, there is no human being to whom the charity of Christ does not extend, at least in potency. God loves all his creatures and desires them to be saved, to come to the knowledge of the truth. And God being our Father and we being all brethren, we should desire this same benefit for all those who are in this life. All in this life, including our worst enemies, are potentially our future uh, fellow citizens of heaven. And we should desire and hope for them the same salvation that we ourselves ask of God. This is an important spiritual lesson, too, when St. Paul tells us, Be not deceived in your own conceits at the beginning of the epistle. It is very difficult to know whether we possess true charity. But one of the gauges of true charity is whether or not we love our enemies. Whether when we are slighted, or belittled, or detracted, or mistreated, whether we hold rancor in our hearts, whether we dwell on the faults of our enemies, whether we brood over the wrongs which have been done to us, or whether we seek to forgive, whether we desire that God forgive our enemies, whether we love them that persecute us, pray for them that offend us, etc. Authentic charity, caritate non ficta, is a very difficult thing. We must have an unfeigned charity for all men. Love one another as I have loved you, says our Divine Master. By this will all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Often it could be a temptation, I'm not saying that everyone does this, but it could be a temptation for us in the spiritual life to deplete our spiritual energies fighting enemies which God has not required us to take on, rather than dealing with the enemies that God has asked us to fight. An example of this would be to spend our entire life, or a large portion of it, condemning, judging, criticizing, analyzing, and armchair quarterbacking 
perhaps public sinners. We know for a fact that the current politicians running Washington, D.C. are for the most part apostate or close to it, that they are corrupt, that they have the blood of innocent children on their hands. This is something which any practicing devout Catholic knows without any great difficulty. So it's a sort of a facile enemy to target. We can point to their sins, to the blood that's on their hands, making easy condemnations, and wasting a lot of our own spiritual energy thinking about how much better it would be if we had, for example, a holy Catholic running the country, which we do not. We must pray sincerely and devoutly for the conversion of these uh, very scandalous men and women, especially the Catholics among them, such as the president, that they repent. Because as the sacred scripture tells us, it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. And if they do not repent, a very terrible eternity awaits them. But if we spend 90% of our lives analyzing the souls of others, such as the current president, or perhaps certain people in the church, and armchair quarterbacking who the ideal pick would be for the Petrine office, rather than dealing with those God places in our lives, such as the people who annoy us, the people who aggravate us, those who have slighted us, those with whom we disagree, those with whom we have some discord, then perhaps we're not fighting the good fight that God wishes us to fight and upon which our salvation is much more dependent. The degree of our eternal beatitude will be determined in many ways much more by the good that we haven't done in our own home or in our own parish, the lack of uh, forgiveness, the lack of charity, the lack of love with which we see our neighbor who is in front of us, then it will be determined by whether or not we sent out a flaming uh, tweet on Twitter condemning pro-abortion politicians. The latter is certainly much more easy, and it's much easier to find a lot of um, agreement by our those whom we enjoy and those who respect us and whom we respect. But ultimately that makes much less difference than whether or not in our day-to-day -day lives we express the charity of Christ to those who he put directly in our lives. St. John Vianney, the Curie of Ars, says that there are very few who possess authentic charity, and for this reason there are very few who are saved. So this is not simply a milquetoast platitude by which I'm seeking to divert our attention from the truly grave situation that uh, afflicts our church and our world and our nation. These are necessary battles to be fought as well, to do penance, reparation, do all that is in our power to campaign for life, for good and holy politicians, pray for our bishops, for our pope. All of that is absolutely necessary. Nevertheless, if in so doing we deplete our force and our spiritual energy to such a degree that we neglect the duty of our state in life, that we neglect to show charity of Christ to our enemies with whom God has placed us, including those in our own parish, those in our own family, if we neglect to extend the olive branch when we have a disagreement with someone, 
if when someone detracts us, we brood over it and we foster enmity and hatred in our own heart, then perhaps we will forfeit our soul, not because we didn't fight for the unborn, but because we didn't do our duty in terms of charity to our neighbor. We should love all men as ourselves. Christ himself commands this, love one another as I have loved you. He tells us this is the greatest of all the commandments, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy strength, and thy neighbor as thyself. We must think, how would I wish to be treated if I myself sinned? Would I wish to be labeled and cast aside as irredeemable, as a hopeless case, as an iniquitous sinner to be spurned by all men, or at least disdained in the hearts of other men? Or would I rather be treated with mercy, with patience, with forbearance, with a certain amount of compassion? This does not go to excuse the sins of others, but Christ himself shed his blood for you and for me when we were still his enemies. And therefore, the measure of our own love must correspond to the measure of his love. Upon the cross, Father, forgive them, they know not what they do. If we don't do this, we are at risk of eternal damnation, because we will only gain heaven if we have authentic charity. Therefore, charity is the most primary of all the virtues. It is the most essential activity that we can practice in this life. And charity begins at home. It begins in our own families. It begins by reflecting the love of God to those around us, particularly those who challenge our charity most. And as I said, it is not a milquetoast platitude. Our salvation is not something to be taken lightly. And in many ways, our salvation depends much more on what's right around us than on what's going on in Washington, D.C., or in Rome, or in the chancery of our diocese. It depends a lot more on our brethren, on our, on our brothers and sisters, our natural brothers and sisters, on our neighbors, on our friends, and on our enemies, on those with whom we disagree, those who have slighted us, who have wronged us, we must ask God the grace to forgive and to love and to express charity and to be at peace with all men insofar as we are able. St. Paul in the epistle tells us, be at peace within, with all men insofar as it is within your power. This is not a recommendation, it is a commandment. And so we should take it to heart to seriously strive to love all men not to complain, not to detract, not to criticize, not to disdain and despise others. For these things are sins which could be lead to the perdition of our soul. When we commit sins against charity, we stand at the very gate of hell. And hell is a terrible place. In hell, we are tormented night and day, forever and ever and ever, by the angel of death, by Satan himself, who God permits to do that as punishment for our sins, for eternity. So it's worth everything in this life to overcome our enmities, our lack of charity, our bitterness towards our brethren, to love with the same love with which Christ loves. And if we do this, then we can continue to certainly fight for all the necessary political battles and the spiritual battles. These are necessary too. My point today 
is that if we neglect one of these because we devote ourselves entirely to the other, we may be in for a very terrible surprise in the afterlife. But if we do both, if we love both the unborn, there's no contradiction here. We have to fight for the unborn. But it mustn't be a sort of anesthetic which allows us to neglect to love those around us and to be merciful and forgiving and loving to even to our enemies. Let us ask our blessed Lord Jesus, who himself forgave his enemies on the cross, to instill in us true and authentic charity so that one day we may join him in eternal life. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.